The House's Movie Podcast is supported by listeners like you. Go to www.patreon.com slash howisthismovie. There you can pledge as little as a dollar a month and help us maintain our goal of keeping this show independent and free of advertising. As a special thank you, you will gain access to exclusive bonus episodes you will not be able to hear anywhere else. I need to take just a moment and thank Corey, Christopher Norris, Lisa Gillis, Tara Buxton, and Jason Kaiser for all becoming supporters of How Is This Movie. Thank you so very much. Okay, everybody wants to know, why did you, why did, from your lips, why did you decide to end the show? Good question. Okay. Um, it's from years and years of being on stage as a comedian. You know, you do a show, I get on stage and I'll do an hour or an hour and ten or 15 minutes or something, but there's that moment when you're on stage when you just feel, and you learn, it takes years to learn it, that this is the moment. And you just get off stage then and the audience... And they get excited. Yeah. And, and another five minutes can bring them to a completely different place. Yeah. Just, just like a little too much food. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can have like, this great meal. Like two bites too many. Two bites. And, you, and how was the food? It was okay. I ate too much. You know, you don't feel as good. Yeah. So I just sensed that moment was coming. And I wanted, and, and believe me, they offered me a lot of money $110 to stay. million, dollars, I Really? Heard. Yes. <laughs> To do a tenth season, a hundred and But I had already had quite a few cars at that point. <laughs> Welcome to How Is This TV Show. My name is Dana Buckler, and thank you for taking just a little time out of your day to listen. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at How Is This Movie. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash How Is This Movie. You can always email me with questions or comments at hitmpodcast at gmail.com. And finally, if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment and leave a review on whatever platform you choose to listen. Now, by 1995, Seinfeld was in full swing. It was the most popular show on TV and a veritable cash machine for NBC and Castle Rock Productions. Now, there's a magic number for TV shows. That number is 100. More specifically, 100 episodes. When a show reaches 100 episodes, it can be put up for syndication. Now, if you're not exactly sure what syndication is, simply put, if you've ever tuned into one of your local TV stations in the late afternoon or late at night, and you find that they're playing back-to-back episodes of Family Guy, Friends, or even The Simpsons, well those shows are in syndication. And those local stations like there to be at least 100 episodes available because they'll often air them at least five times a week. So when Seinfeld hit 100 episodes, it was time to start shopping it to the networks. Both Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David served as producers on the show, and that entitled them each to a 20% stake in Seinfeld. And thus, they stood to make millions from the syndication deal. The first deal that was struck was for five years, and it netted almost $6 million per episode, or a little over $1.1 billion in total revenue. That amount smashed the previous syndication record of $600 million set in 1989 by The Cosby Show. A deal like that guaranteed that both Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld would be set for life financially. So, all was good, yes? Well, not so much. You see, that syndication deal, as huge as it was, didn't pay any royalties to the other Seinfeld cast members. Julia Louise Dreyfus, Michael Richards, and Jason Alexander would not see one penny of the money. Now, after Larry David left the show at the end of season seven, Jerry Seinfeld took over the sole producing role and also the showrunner title. By the time shooting was to begin on season nine, 
Jerry Seinfeld was getting paid $1 million per episode, while the other main characters were being paid 600000 per episode. And don't forget that that salary didn't include Jerry's syndication money. It was clear that the other cast members were beginning to get frustrated with their lack of royalties, and it has been suggested by Jason Alexander that it was this tension that ultimately led to season 9 being the final season of Seinfeld. Because Julia, Michael, and I are not partners in the syndication of the show, in which there was an enormous amount of profit to be made, we could no longer root for the longevity of the show because we knew, historically, you play an iconic character on a TV series, your career may be done. So we were going to have to spend an awful lot of time and energy getting the next gig if we were ever going to work again. And since Seinfeld wasn't going to be the annuity for us that it was going to be for Jerry and Larry and a couple of the other partners, continuing to make more of them was a self-defeating prophecy. We were going to contribute to our own eventual demise as actors. Um, we would have set ourselves up even better as you know, having enough money to live off the rest of our lives. Financially, we could have done fine. But we were all still relatively young, and we wanted to do other things with our careers, and this thing was going to stop us dead, and we weren't going to profit from it. So we kind of went, it's enough. Let's, we've, we've done it. We've made a healthy living off it. And the show is at its natural end point. So let's add all those factors together, and let's put it to bed with dignity, and while the people still love it. I kind of agree with Alexander. Why else can you explain Jerry Seinfeld turning down a $5 million per episode, $22 million offer for a 10th season of Seinfeld? Needs to be noted, that offer wasn't extended to the rest of the cast. Speaking of the rest of the cast, let's take a look at what post-Seinfeld-like was like for all involved. Jason Alexander's follow-up show was entitled Bob Patterson. In the show, Alexander plays a motivational speaker who, although gives brilliant advice to millions, struggles at times in his personal life. Yesterday was sacred and beautiful. I, I, I don't know how to say this, so I, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I don't have any feelings for you. Okay, whatever. You're not crushed? No. I only kissed you because I thought that's what you wanted, so you'd sign my letter of recommendation to Princeton. You just what? <laughs> You know how you wrote in your books, people who succeed are people who are willing to be successful? Well, I knew this was my chance to be successful. Bob Patterson debuted on October 3rd, 2001. Critics slammed the show and audiences barely tuned in. The first episode drew only 9 million viewers, about a third of what an average Seinfeld episode brought in. ABC, the network in which Bob Patterson aired on, canceled the show after only five episodes. Now, I need to point out that some believe that because the show debuted less than a month after the terrorist attacks of 9-11, that it hurt the show's ratings dramatically. Between 2001 and 2004, Jason Alexander would appear in numerous TV shows and movies, including Shallow Hal and Son of the Beach. In 2004, Alexander would get his second shot at a TV series, this time on CBS's Listen Up, in which Alexander plays a popular sports show host and writer. They say that the camera adds 10 pounds. Since the sports talk show I co-host every day has three cameras, that means I have to lose 30 pounds just to break even. (laughs) Now, if the camera added hair, I'd really be in business. 
recall, I recall several months ago when I switched over from sports writing to the living section, somebody said I wouldn't be able to stick with it. Well, I gotta admit, I never thought you could squeeze so many columns out of being bald and fat. Right, about a lot of other stuff besides that. What's this one about? In short. <laughs> but, you know what? Just to show you, I promise that my next column will have absolutely nothing to do with any of my physical shortcomings. Well, don't strain yourself. Well, don't worry, I'm gonna hit this column out of the ballpark. See what I did there? Used a sports metaphor so you could follow what I was saying. <laughs> Bye. See you later. Catch you on the rebound. Yeah, I got you. Now listen up fared better than Bob Patterson and lasted a full 22-episode season, but ultimately CBS canceled the show, citing rising production costs. Although Jason Alexander continues to work in movies and TV, Listen Up was his last major role in TV. Fun fact about Alexander is that he is an avid poker player who has made quite a name for himself in the pro poker circuit. For Julia Louis-Dreyfus, showbiz life after Seinfeld also got off to a somewhat rocky start. Her first post-Seinfeld starring role was in 2002's Watching Ellie. In the show, Julia Louis-Dreyfus plays a cabaret singer. Now, the show was somewhat groundbreaking in its first season, using a single-camera format that is actually the norm today. Each episode was also played out in real time, showing a 22-minute slice of Ellie's life. The show was developed by her and her husband, Brad Hall. Now, Watching Ellie was hit with mixed to negative reviews, and NBC suspended the show after only 10 episodes. I said suspended, not canceled, because that's not where the story ends for watching Ellie. The executives at NBC opted to bring it back for a second season, but this time they changed the format to the standard three-camera sitcom model. They also added a live studio audience and a laugh track. Now, for those that were fans of the first season, they hated the numerous changes to the show in the second season, and it was canceled after only five episodes. So, what kind of restaurant is this? Uh, you know, I think it's French. Well, just so you know, the food might be French, but the meal is gonna be Dutch. <laughs> You're kidding. No, no, I'm serious. Hey, look at this ass. I am looking. You've had work done there, too, huh? Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. You just parked in a handicapped spot. So? Well, are you handicapped? What do you care? Why don't you move your car? Why don't you mind your own business? Oh, have fun burning in hell, you evil, able-bodied freak! Back at ya, my bud! Back at ya! Oh, 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 Ellie, what's going on? You're so tense. Edgar, those spaces are for handicapped people. So what? Why should handicapped people get all the good spots? Because they're handicapped? Oh, God. When did it become such a crime to be a normal, healthy, successful, young white guy? That man is a hero. I would have parked there myself if I didn't think it would absolutely kill any chance of a little backseater with you on the way home. I shouldn't have been surprised. This is the same guy who actually rented a wheelchair to get a better seat at a Laker game. It was at this point that the media coined the phrase the Seinfeld curse, speculating that all involved in the production of Seinfeld were doomed to never repeat the show's success. Well, Julia Louise Dreyfus was able to buck this trend with her second attempt, The New Adventures of Old Christine. 
The show, which aired on CBS, followed the trials and tribulations of Christine Campbell, a divorced mother of two. Old Christine, as it was dubbed, was a hit and aired for four seasons. Okay, sweetheart, well, you have fun at Henry's. And listen, remember, if you need to be picked up early, you call Daddy because I'm going to be at home uh, uh, baking. (laughs) Okay, lovey? Okay, I love you, darling. Have fun. Bye. I can't believe we're actually going to do this. Okay, I got air freshener, I got eye drops, I got cheddar and sour cream potato chips. Oh, I got a DVD of the Royal Tenenbaums. Everybody thought this was so funny. I didn't get it. (laughs) What do you think is going to happen? We have a very small amount of marijuana here. It's probably more THC in one of Matthew's burps than in this thing. Let me see it. Hey. Richard, you can't just walk into somebody's house. It's totally uncool, and I'm not cool with it. Why are you talking like that? Why all the questions? What are you, a cop? What are you doing here? I'm looking for some blueprints. I think they're here. Huh. Are you a cop? No, I'm an architect. Oh, hi. I'm uh, Christine. Yes, I, I know. And We've met. We went on a date. We went on a date. Yes, I'm kidding. Yeah, we had a great time. I had diarrhea. (laughs) Well, I had a great time. (laughs) Oh, um, have you met my friend Barb? Barb? This is, um, uh, that's a guy that I went out on the date with. (laughs) You don't remember my name, do you? Yeah, of course I remember your name. I remember we shared a meal or a movie together. And then Barbie, it was so funny, he had diarrhea. Julia Louise Dreyfus would also win an Emmy for her role after the first season. In 2011, she was cast in the new HBO comedy called Veep, in which she plays the Vice President of the United States. The show was a satirical and hilarious look at the world of politics in Washington, D.C. Were you on top of this, or what? Well, we were busy writing youth culture references in a funny song about the speaker. <laughs> I don't even know what you just said. <laughs> what are you laughing about, jolly green jizz face? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, man. God damn, why are you even here? Oh, I came here to tell you that you're a meme, ma'am. I'm a meme, ma'am? What are you talking about? Speak uh, English, boy. A meme, uh, an internet phenomenon. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, uh, there are photoshopped versions of this springing up all over Twitter. You had <sighs> the Declaration of Independence. Independence with Mary Magdalene at the crucifixion, 2004 tsunami. Well, if there was a tsunami, you'd be genuinely looking at your phone because you'd be checking the weather. You know what? I don't need you to talk. How do we stop this meme, ma'am shit? Uh, No, it's just a meme, ma'am, not a meme, ma'am. And usually they flame out after about 48 hours, but sometimes they blow up and become a super meme, like Downfall or Gangnam. (laughs) I love Gangnam. What did I just say? If it gets on Reddit or Tumblr, that can happen. Uh, Yeah, okay. You gotta get out of here, okay? Take all these meaningless syllables with you and just get out. Yes, yeah. absolutely, man. Oh, and I will see you at the dinner tonight. Oh, God, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's a cherry on top of this whole turd cake. The show continues to be a huge hit. It's currently in its fifth season, and she has gone on to win four consecutive Emmys for her role. I need to go back to 2003 just for a moment, because early in that year, it was announced that the whole Seinfeld series was coming to DVD. Now, to understand how important this was, you have to put yourself in that time period. It was before instant streaming. 
DVDs were still hugely popular. And again, both Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David stood to make millions from this deal. However, a major issue arose. One of the big selling points of this DVD package was all the extras that were to be included. One of the extras was going to be a feature-length look at the creation of Seinfeld. The plan was to have all the actors involved come back and talk about their experiences making the show. However, for Jason Alexander, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and Michael Richards, who were not involved in the syndication deal, they refused to participate in the documentary unless they received a cut of the DVD profits. This was major news, and the holdout would last almost nine months and delay the release of the DVD numerous times. For Michael Richards, well, things didn't go um, uh, exactly good for him, and I'll get to that in just a moment. Cosmo Kramer was easily the most popular character from Seinfeld. He was so beloved on the show that in the last two seasons of Seinfeld, the directors would have to ask the studio audience to please stop cheering for him when he would make his on-screen entrance. The audience would scream and clap for so long that it would throw off the comedic timing of the other actors on screen. When Seinfeld was over, there was never a question of whether or not Richards would be back on TV. NBC offered him a long-term development deal worth millions, and he got to work on The Michael Richards Show, in which he plays private investigator Vic Nardoza, who fumbles his way through cases but always gets the job done. At the behest of NBC, Vic Nardosa had many of the same character traits as Cosmo Kramer, something that Richards objected to, wanting to distance himself from the role that made him famous. The Michael Richards show was heavily promoted by NBC and thrust right into the prime Thursday night slot, or as NBC dubbed it, the must-see TV schedule. NBC has your holiday cheer with an all-new Michael Richards show coming up next. Uh, could you pass the eggnog? No, no, Charlie, you got it all wrong. Buick is a step up from Oldsmobile. Oldsmobile is second only to Cadillac. It's third to Cadillac. It goes Cadillac, Buick, Oldsmobile. Jeez. <laughs> Listen to me. I am. I've owned Oldsmobiles my whole life. I know. I got a cutlass with 500,000 miles on it. And that don't include backing up. <laughs> so don't try to tell me that I got a dressed up Pontiac. I'm saying that it goes Cadillac, Buick, Oldsmobile, Pontiac, and Chevy. That's the way it's always been, and that's the way it's always going to be. Then this is the way you're going to be. Are you crazy? Get out of my chair. I can't believe you did this. Are you one more? Well, this is unprofessional, to say the least. Yeah. Happy holidays. Taking my card back. Next. I'll wait for Frank. The Michael Richards show was met with very poor reviews by critics, and audiences hated it. The show was canceled after eight episodes. In part one of this look at Seinfeld, I mentioned that Michael Richards got his start doing stand-up comedy. And even after Seinfeld, he could be found at local L.A. comedy clubs working on his act. One night in November of 2006, Richards was at the Laugh Factory in West Hollywood. He was in the middle of his set when he began to get distracted by a large group in the crowd. At first, Richard asked them to be quiet. Then, when someone in the group started to heckle him, Richards began a nearly three-minute-long rant at the group, which was made up largely of African Americans. In his rant, he referenced the Jim Crow era and began using the N-word over and over again. What Richards didn't know was that someone in the crowd was filming this public freakout. And within hours of the incident, TMZ, that very, very shady tabloid company, got their hands on the video, and it went viral. Now, here's a small audio excerpt from the video, and I must warn you that it contains harsh racial slurs, but it's important to get a full understanding of just how off the rails Richard was that night. Once again, if you're easily offended by harsh language, skip ahead 30 seconds. Shut up! 50 
have you upside down with a fucking fork up your ass. You can talk, you can talk, you can talk your brain now with a fucking rose ass out here. He's on air, he's on air. Oh my God. On look, there's a air. Ooh, ooh. All right, you see? It shocks you, it shocks you to see what's buried beneath your stupid motherfucker. The following day, all the world was abuzz by what happened. It was on every news channel, radio station, and of course the video was all over the internet. That evening, Jerry Seinfeld was scheduled to be a guest on the Dave Letterman Show in New York. All of America tuned in to see what his response would be to what happened the night before. What they didn't know was that Richard was also going to appear on the show and address what happened. Now, this, uh, this Michael Richards thing, well, mm-hmm. uh, now, I don't know him well. I've known him a long time, but I don't, I don't know him well. And I can remember years and years ago at the, at the comedy store, uh, he would get on stage, and he was always a very dynamic performer, mm-hmm. uh, dynamic to the point that often audiences were frightened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but still, we all got a kick out of it because it was in good fun, and, right. and, and he was a, and is a very funny guy. And then we see this thing today where he goes nuts in some kind of club and is screaming at people, have you, have you talked to him? Do you know anything about I, I this? I did talk to to him. I talked to him today, and uh, you know, I was extremely upset about it, and uh, he is extremely upset about it. And I asked him if he would come on the show tonight, mm-hmm. so that he could explain what happened, because uh, it, it's just it was just one of those awful, awful right. things. Right. And I, I think he's a little mystified about what happened, but I think most importantly, he wanted to. Uh, we have him uh, live via satellite yes, from Los do. Angeles. Sorry, this do. should be Michael Richards. Michael, are you there? Yeah, I'm right here. Hi, Michael. Welcome to the show. Hello, hi. How you doing? I'm uh, not doing too good. Yeah. Why, why don't you explain exactly what happened for the folks who may not know? I, uh, I lost my temper on stage. I was at uh, a comedy club trying to uh, do my act, and I got heckled, and I, I, I took it badly and went into a, a rage. And uh, uh, said some pretty... Uh, nasty things to some Afro-Americans, a lot of trash talk, and, uh... Stop laughing, it's not funny. And what, uh, what were the, uh, the, the, the you were be actually being heckled, or were they just talking and disturbing the act? Uh, that was going on, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> and did you... I know, I'm hearing your audience laugh, you know, and it's, it's, uh, I'm not even sure that this is... Uh, where I should be uh, addressing the situation. I've already heard you make some jokes about it, and that's okay, you know. But I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really busted up over this, and I'm, I'm, I'm very, very sorry uh, to those uh, people in the audience, uh, the blacks, the Hispanics, the whites, everyone that was there that took the brunt of that anger and 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 hate and rage and and how it came through and. And, and I'm concerned about more hate and more rage and more anger coming through, uh, not just towards me, but towards uh, a black-white conflict. There's a great deal of disturbance in this country and how blacks feel about what happened in Katrina. And you know, many of the comics, many performers are in... Las Vegas and New Orleans uh, trying to raise money for what happened there. 
And uh, for this to happen, for me to be in a comedy club and flip out and say this crap, you know, I'm I'm deeply, deeply sorry. And um, I've got I'll get to the force field of this hostility why it's there, why the rage is in any of us, why the trash takes place, whether or not it's between me and a, and a couple of hecklers in the audience or between uh, this country and another nation. Michael Richards would not appear on TV again until 2009. For Jerry Seinfeld, life after his show was filled with mostly him returning to the stage doing stand-up. At one point, he toured the world in the late 90s with his I'm Telling You for the Last Time show, in which he retired all of his most famous stand-up bits. And for the 2000s, you would mostly see him in cameos on TV shows and movies. 2008, he helped develop an animated film called B-Movie, which he also starred in. In 2012, Jerry Seinfeld combined his love of vintage cars and comedy into a web series called Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. The premise for the show was simple. Each episode, Jerry would pick up one of his comedian friends in a different classic car and then take them to a coffee shop for a chat. Cameras were placed in the cars and recorded the conversations on their way to the coffee shop. In the first season, Jerry's guests included Larry David, Bob Einstein, Ricky Gervais, and Alec Baldwin. The first season is also notable for the final episode, in which Jerry asks Michael Richards to be a guest. In that episode, the two discuss the Laugh Factory incident. Because sometimes I look back at the show, and I think I should have enjoyed myself more. Michael, I could say that myself. But that was not our job. Our job is not for us to enjoy it. Our job is to make sure they enjoy it. And that's what we did. Uh, you that's know, what that's we did. beautiful. That's beautiful because I think I work selfishly and not selflessly. Yes. It's not about me. No. It's about them. Yes. I, now, that's a lesson I learned seven years ago mm-hmm. when I blew it in the comedy club and right. lost my temper because somebody interrupted my act and said some things that hurt me and right. I lashed out in anger. Right. I should have been working selflessly that evening. Uh-huh. Most of the time, when I'm in that zone, I am selfless. Right. You told me that you had done a couple sets. No, I never... Do you want to? Sometimes I said, oh, I must, I should, and normally I would have gone in and, and, and played around with this uh, material. But no, no, I... I, I, uh, I, uh, I busted up after that event seven years ago. It, it broke me down. It was a selfish uh, response. I took it too personally, and I should have uh, just said, yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm not funny. Uh, I think I'll go home and work on my material, and I'll see you tomorrow night. And split something, anything. But, you know, it's just one of those nights. And thanks for sticking by me. You know, no, really. There's no issue with that. Well, I mean, it meant a lot to me. That's nice. You know? But inside, it still it, it still kicks me around a bit. Okay, well that's you know that's a person. That's and I, up to you. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a, that's that's a big that's up uh, to you to, to say. To, you know what? I've been carrying this bag yeah, enough. Yeah, I'm going to put it down. Yeah. Comedians in Cars is currently on its eighth season. In early 2015, the online streaming company Hulu announced that it had secured the online streaming rights for Seinfeld for a whopping $160 million, which breaks down to roughly 700000 per episode, and once again, securing a huge payday for Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David. Hulu beat out rivals Netflix and Amazon to land this historic deal. There was one more person I've yet to talk about in this look at the Seinfeld aftermath. 
That, of course, is Larry David. The reason I haven't spent much time on him is because, well, it's going to require an entire episode. And so in part three of my look at the history of Seinfeld, we'll look at Larry David and curb your enthusiasm. My name is Dana Buckler, and thank you so much for listening. Lasted how long? Nine years. 180 episodes. You gave it up, right? I did. They didn't cancel you. You canceled them. You're not aware of this? No, I'm asking you. You think I got canceled? Are you under the impression that I got canceled? I hurt you, Jerry. I thought that was pretty well documented. Is this still CNN? I was the number one show on television, Larry. Do you know who I am? (laughs) Jewish guy, Brooklyn. Yes. Okay. 75 million viewers last episode. What? Don't take it so bad. Well, that's the big difference between being canceled and being number one. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) We'll be right back. Jeez. B-movie opens. <laughs> B-movie opens. Can we get opens. a resume in here for B-movie me? B-movie opens tomorrow. Over? I, I, we'll be right back.